0: This podcast is produced by Unedited.
1: Nothing before it's time. That there is divine timing for everything, but everything will happen. And enjoy the process, enjoy where you're at, because life goes quickly and... What you want will always happen, but just enjoy
0: where you are today. Hello and welcome to episode 170 of In The Moment With Me, Alex Manzi. And this is a podcast designed to help you find more clarity in your thinking and to help you experience a greater sense of happiness in your life. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create this platform to help you with your mental, physical, emotional and spiritual growth. Before we jump into this week's episode, I am super excited to announce that my self-published book, The Search For Clarity, which shares my experience and biggest learnings on my self-development journey will be out on Friday the 24th of July. So keep an eye out on my Instagram at I am Alex Manzi for more information and to find out how you could get an exclusive preview of the book in the coming weeks. So on this episode I am joined by Emma Mumford who is an award-winning life coach and mentor, best-selling author, speaker, law of attraction YouTuber and podcast host of the popular podcast Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. So Emma's work really helps people to step into who they truly are and fearlessly turn their dream into a reality using the law of attraction and spirituality and we connected at the back end of last year when I was on Emma's podcast as a guest so we returned the favour to hear all about her story and her journey. During this conversation we spoke about how you can get the law of attraction to work for you, why forgiveness is an important part of personal growth and what it means to do the inner work. The aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Emma.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Alex. I'm really good. How are you?
0: I am good. It's good to return a favour after I appeared on your podcast, which I still get loads of messages about, by the way, which is amazing. Yay! Yeah, Glad to have you here.
1: Oh, i really pleased. Yeah, it was an awesome episode. I loved
0: it. Yeah, I get loads of messages about the 1% rule because I think that's what we spoke about quite a lot of, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, yeah, it's good to, I, mean, I know we've tried to do this a couple of times, but now seems to be the right time as dictated by the universe. Um, so I'm glad to have you here. And actually, I, I wanted to start with something interesting that I saw you post on your Instagram, which I had to write down because I didn't want to butcher it. Where it was a post where you said, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know until you've lived through it. So can you tell me a bit of like the meaning behind that post and um, the message of it, really?
1: Of course. Well, how long have you got, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) I think we could all relate to this in life. And I think the reason what inspired me to write that particular post is because we can be so hard on ourselves sometimes. And I know I'm pretty bad on the foot on that front sometimes. And I think we can look at our past. We can look at the real challenging things that have happened to us in life and maybe hold grudges or feel like, oh, why has that had to happen? Or why did I have to go through that to get where I am today? And I think it's about really forgiving yourself for not knowing. And sometimes it's not even like if things have happened to you, maybe sometimes you've been the instigator of that. Maybe if you regret doing something, maybe if you feel like ashamed of anything you've done in the past, it's again forgiving yourself. Like at any given point in life, we are always doing the best we can, and I think forgiveness is such an important practice, which we all, you know, can definitely do more of. And I think even on ourselves as well, like it's great to forgive others and understand that others are always doing the best they can in life, but also forgiving ourselves sets ourselves free as well. And you know, there's no point holding on to that shame that whatever it is, that guilt, you know, we have to understand that we, you know, we were doing what we could at that time. And that later on, as you move through your journey, you look back and realize, well, now I know the lesson. Now I know that, you know, I had to go through that experience to learn the lesson and not do that again. Um, I think particularly for me, that was debt, for example, with men of, you know, giving my all to men, giving my power away. Um, You know, I got in £7,000 worth of debt with my first kind of serious ex-boyfriend and that's how I started my first company. So, you know, I could have blamed myself so easily for that and being like, well, that's your own stupid fault, Emma, for doing that. You shouldn't have been so trusting. You shouldn't have been so kind. But do you know what? I don't think we should ever stop being kind. I don't think we should ever stop trying to help people in, you know, a a healthy boundary way. But I had to go through that to learn what not to do in relationships and to, to learn who I was as well.
0: Mm, Yeah. I find that so interesting as well, because like the whole forgiveness thing, because I always think it's, I mean, in theory, right? It's so much easier to forgive and forget But in practice, it's actually really hard. Like we we seem to build up like an emotional attachment to things that have happened, to stories, to like uh, past experiences. And we find it really hard to let them go in order for us to be able to forgive. So why do you think that is?
1: I think it can be a, a number of things, really. I think sometimes, you know, if someone's kind of remaining in victim mode as such, it feels good. It's almost like the ego is justifying of like, yeah, that was a really terrible thing that happened. You just sit there in victim mode. And I think sometimes people can use it to almost maybe bypass some healing or even bypass some acceptance or even accountability on their own front. And I think... I definitely had that. I didn't want to forgive my exes for what had happened. I had the one ex who obviously left me in the debt, and a second ex who was emotionally abusive to me, who then triggered me to have my spiritual awakening, and you know, left me with more debt. You know, cheated on me, and it was—I had all this rage and anger towards the masculine of like, why did this happen? And twice, you know, I ended up in two really not great situations, and it, w- it was easy for me for years to sit there and say, well, it was all their fault. You know, mm-hmm. they did that you know, poor little me, etc. We all run those stories, our egos love it. But it was actually when I took my power back and realized that you have accountability as well, Emma, of, you know, you could have voiced your truth at any point, you could have got out and walked out of those toxic relationships, but you didn't. So it's being gentle and kind to ourselves and saying, look, I was doing the best I could at that point, but also not you know, fully putting blame on somebody else and saying like, well, you know, they deserve it. I'm never going to forgive them because all that's doing is creating discomfort and disease within me. Mm. Um, and, you know, it wasn't allowing me to heal and fully move on from those. So it was even like blocking my manifestations in terms of like moving on and things because I was still holding on to that grudge as such. So I think it's also and I think, you know, obviously those are quite um small examples of, you know, the scale of what people can go through, you know, if someone has, you know, gone through actually sexual abuse or things like that, it can be really hard for the person to just forgive. And I see it, you know, a lot of the time. And I don't think sometimes it's just easy of saying, you know, oh, I just forgive them and move on because it can be real deep trauma sometimes. Mm And, you know, really heartbreaking scenarios as well. So I think sometimes it's, that definitely that sometimes we hold on to that we don't want to take any accountability for our own input into things sometimes it can be we just don't want to move on from things other times it can be something is like so deeply traumatized within us that there doesn't seem a logical explanation of why someone would do that and also i guess it's as well understanding that we are all one and that Mm -hmm. even though someone may have done something not nice to you or not great that that hurt people hurt people and it's understanding I guess, the logic behind why someone would do that to another human being. And I think, I think sometimes people see forgiveness as letting someone off the hook or saying, oh, it's okay, you did that, I forgive you. It's not about letting someone off the hook. It's about actually saying what you did wasn't right and I'm not going to let you do that again. But actually, I'm letting this go for my own peace.
0: Mm, yeah, that's such a, a powerful way of putting it. And it reminds me of like the three kind of principles that I always refer back to, which is recognize, accept, grow, because it's like you, you have to recognize the, the hurt that the person has caused, but also maybe the space that they've come from that has caused that hurt. But then to really kind of get past it, it's fine to be able to recognize it, but to really be able to let it go, you, you need to be able to accept it in a non-judgmental way and be like, look, it's, it's happened. I understand it. It's fine. that It's happened to me. It doesn't define me. I can accept that that is part of my life and part of my story up until this point. But until you can really kind of let that idea of accepting and and the letting go process take place, you can't really create the space for yourself to grow off the back of it. Yes. You will experience some growth um, along the way, but you're not going to kind of, Really allow that space for the growth to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so what some of the kind of practices then that you have done or tried to kind of help with that letting go and acceptance and forgiveness that we've been speaking about?
1: Of course, and I think different practices will work for different stages of your life, and obviously different things. So, you know, something really simple is a forgiveness list. So, a nice little journaling prompt, as such, where. You would just write down, I forgive you and then put that person's name for and then what you do for leaving me in debt because I understand that. So Mm -hmm. write that little journaling exercise out and it can be for yourself. You can turn it on yourself. I forgive myself for judging myself or judging someone else because I understand that. And that little practice is something really simple, which just helps to relieve and challenges you to, you know, put yourself, almost take yourself out of that situation and say, okay, why would someone do that? So that's a great little practice I do, um, you know, regularly in terms of forgiving myself, forgiving others, etc. But really, I've done a whole scale of things. I've done things like past life regression. I've done things, um, you know, like energy work, cutting cords. Sometimes we have to energetically cut cords as well. Um, working with my angels, for example, to do that. Um, and I've even done, you know, traditional therapy as well um, for, you know, the the deeper trauma side of things. Um, I've done IEMT um, with a great friend who does that, who's a, pr- a proper trained counselor. So, that for me i saw massive shifts with um it's called integrative eye movement therapy i think it's yeah, called, yeah. Um, and i when i saw it on youtube i was like oh my god how on earth is this going to heal me That like, just moving my eyes is going to undo all of this discomfort but actually just by giving it a try and you know i tried all the spiritual stuff but actually sometimes doing things like that um, can actually really help to integrate that spiritual work you're doing as well so I see healing like an onion, especially Mm -hmm. forgiveness as well. Like it's not just you do it once and you're clean. You know, it's like a shower. You can't just shower once and you're clean forever. Um, Sometimes it is like that onion, it unravels and then another layer comes up or you might be triggered by something else and it triggers up another layer. So I think it's important to recognize as well with forgiveness or even just any healing in general is that if that trigger or that wound comes up again, it's not that you're not doing the work. It's not that it's not working. It's that sometimes another layer has to come up to release as such. Um, Mm. And the more that you commit to that forgiveness as well of even intentional, you can even use an intention and affirmation in terms of law of attraction to Intend that you are forgiving that person. So, once I've normally written my um, forgiveness list or any kind of journaling, maybe I might write to that person's higher self or anything like that. I normally tend to burn it afterwards and just set that intention of I'm releasing this person to the universe. I forgive you. I let you go. And even just intentions like that can really, really help to just shift your vibes and shift your energy.
0: Mm, Yeah, so true, isn't it? And I love the way you kind of talk about that integration of like traditional psychology or counseling or whatever with the kind of more spiritual element because I've been having a conversation uh, on Instagram with uh, uh, this girl who's a psychologist and we're kind of always sharing ideas with each other like she's looking into is it IEMT or yeah. I always get it wrong whichever <laughs> way around the letters are the I think <laughs> she's looking into that in a minute but she's sort of trained and practices CBT as a psychologist and then obviously I come at things from a slightly more unorthodox route in terms of like coaching and the kind of more spiritual element and you know the the learnings and teachings that I've made in my own life plus of you know the things that I've read through like eastern mysticism and all of these you know worlds so for you like where where do the two collide because one is a bit more like a trusting a knowing and the Mm -hmm. other one is a bit more like follow these processes in order to heal so like where's where's that middle point for you?
1: definitely and i think for me it was because obviously over the last four years i've had such a spiritual you know i had my spiritual awakening i'm going through more awakenings and you know evolving i guess spiritually you feel like these spiritual modalities should just be the fix of like well if it's not working i'm doing something wrong and i think that's where i went wrong that i was doing so much spiritually and energetically that actually sometimes and especially when trauma's involved and you know like abuse and things like i went through you have to do the cognitive work because yes it's great to witness that we're souls but we're also souls having a human experience and our our minds our cognitive our brains they they wire themselves that that stuff's real that exists and you can do all the spiritual practices in the land but sometimes it is that integration and the one thing that I was saying to Cameron, my friend who I worked with, was like, I just can't embody it. It's like, I've done all the spiritual work, but I just can't embody it. And it was that embodiment which came with the cognitive work. And as soon as I did that cognitive work, it was like, I was a whole different person. And I think that we need to witness that yes, spiritual practices are fantastic. And I, I love trying different spiritual practices. Like I said, I've done a lot but i think as well it's realizing that some things which are deeply ingrained and things that we've maybe gone through maybe from childhood like inner child work can really really help as well um you know sometimes mixing spirituality with practicality can actually be the best solution
0: yeah yeah which is i think it's great because it's like you know with anything it's like you should really uh, Dabbles probably the not the word but you know what I mean like dabble in in different areas and then take from it what you need mm-hmm. whether that's you know your spiritual growth your your just learnings in life your career your relationships you should be taking lots of different things from lots of different areas in order to experience it in order to understand what works for you in order to understand what what connects for you what clicks and all that so that you can have that space like I said to grow right and I think we forget that I think we forget that we have to go down this route we have to go down that route and stick to it and this is the only way or this is the only way and you know that's where you get so many differences in opinions and and practices and theories but essentially they're all trying to achieve the same thing right which is trying to make you a whole person so if you can take bits of each and add that to your own whole then there's nothing wrong with that really you know Um, And I think that especially when you go through in a spiritual awakening, it's kind of like you, you, you have that moment of, well, it's an awakening. So you wake up, right. And you, you kind of have this space to kind of experience lots of different things because you're kind of at the very beginning of the path. So it were, right. So what was your kind of moment of, of awakening um, all those years ago?
1: Mm, Yeah. And this was after the second ex-boyfriend. So I had, the first ex-boyfriend left me in the debt. Like I said, I then started my first business, which was a couponing business, very different to what I do now. Um, but I loved it. I loved saving money and helping people. And then I then got into another relationship, which was the second ex-boyfriend. Um, and over the course of those two years, like I'd had depression since meeting the first ex. I just had anxiety and it spiraled into depression where I couldn't leave the house. Um, I can get on a bus I just didn't know who I was anymore so instead of like taking that time after that first relationship to work on myself you know I was 18 at the time I didn't know that I had to like work on myself or where to go or what to do etc so I then got straight into another relationship thinking that he was like the savior as such which definitely didn't work out great just to clarify Um, (laughs) I don't suggest that to anybody Um, and from that I was with that guy for a couple of years and we had a flat together and it was fine at some points but then it just it went worse my depression got so bad I felt really suicidal and that's I never thought I would be someone who would ever contemplate that or or Mm. get that to that stage as such but there I was and I I went on antidepressants and they just didn't I couldn't get on with them at all I just couldn't it it made me feel a lot worse if I'm honest so I then had to think right if I can't do the medication side I'm gonna have to do like CBT hypnotherapy so I was doing things like that so this was in 2016 and Mm. it took when he that guy left me And again, with debt in the flat and all of these, you know, on paper, my life looked great. I had this incredible business, which was growing traction. I was in the press earning like, you know, an amazing amount of money. But in myself and personal life, it was awful, awful. And I swear that business is the one thing that kept me alive most days, if I'm honest, like having that that business to help people and to help them get out of debt and out of feeling negative as well. I think that's where that kind of bit of a coachy um, sparkle first came in as such of wanting to help people. So once he'd left, I would pretty much hit rock bottom. Mm. I was like, I'm either going to have to. Emma,
0: sorry to interrupt. What role did he play as well in terms of like the relationship of like, was he, uh, was he facilitating your needs in terms of where you were at mentally and physically and emotionally, or was he kind of dismissive of it? Like what was his kind of, role within the relationship with that
1: Mm, very dismissive and i think sometimes when someone hasn't experienced depression or anxiety before they just don't understand it and i think because we were both young and he was a couple of years younger than me Mm. that it's the maturity the emotional maturity side of things as well and because there was like emotional manipulation in there it's like i thought i was going crazy and i literally felt like i was um But I couldn't see it. I thought that he was the be all and end all, but really it was the most toxic thing I'd been in. Um, So, when obviously he was cheating and left me, it just tore me apart because I just thought, I've been so codependent on this person. Um, You know, I'm now like left in this flat, which I've got to pay for by myself. I'm now left, you know, single. I thought that was going to work out, I thought that was the answer. And then also feeling so low in myself, not knowing myself, being depressed. And at that really dark stage in my life, I just thought, how on earth have I got here? Like, mm. how is this possible when my business was great, thriving, so positive? So that for me was that pinnacle moment where I was like, I'm either going to have to, you know, end my life or, or change my life, do something here. And I just remember like looking out of the window at 2am or something silly like that and just saying, god help me and mm. i'm not a religious person i think before i very much was an atheist because i'd lost that hope in anything more i think i did believe as i was growing up but definitely in my kind of young adulthood i i gave up all hope because i thought why would god let bad things happen to people and i feel like that was my moment of my soul surrender like i'm done fighting i'm done resisting yes
0: yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's it is crazy when you reach that point it reminds me of that um is a quote that I've shared a few times on my Instagram, which is something along the lines of real growth happens when you're tired of your own shit. And it's exactly that. It's like, you just get to a point where you're exhausted. And I was there, you know, in my own journey when I kind of had my awakening or my, you know, uh, I call it a breakthrough rather than a breakdown, because it's like, it was a moment that I came, I came out of what was into what is, which is the now. And it was like, you kind of just get to a point where you're like I, I cannot live like this anymore. Like like you said, I either need to end it or change it, and that was the kind of they're the choices you're faced with, and or, or at least how you feel the choices are. So it's amazing how you can kind of step into your power when you decide to change something when you really do get tired of your own mess of your own shit, as as the quote says, and it's like it's it's a it is a powerful place. It's a very. Um, what's the word like a scary place to be as well, because you feel like you don't know anything or yourself. Like you feel like your whole life has been a, a lie in a way or all or, or these, you know, all these different feelings and emotions, but ultimately you're coming from a place of wanting to start afresh and wanting to, to grow and, and step into your power. And I know that you kind of talk a lot about the law of attraction and you've become somewhat of a law of attraction queen. So um, can you explain a little bit about like the kind of, I guess the theory behind what law of attraction is
1: course so law of attraction is one of the seven laws of the universe so it's the easiest way to describe it is like attracts like so a bit like a mirror a mirror kind of reflecting back to you what you're putting out into the world and a bit like a boomerang what you put out comes back to you as mm. such so we've all had those experiences at work or throughout our day where something annoying's happened and then we've told someone and then we've told somebody else like gosh isn't that so annoying and then something else will happen and something else will happen until when we get home we're like oh, She's been one of those days. And then on the contrary, on the other side, we've also had those experiences where something positive's happened. We've then gone and told someone, gone and told somebody else, celebrated it. Then more positives have happened. And we just think, oh, wow, today's just really been my day. So this is the law of attraction and action. Our words, our energy is all communicating to the universe as such. So if you're putting out positive, positive, words vibrations how you're feeling you're an optimist you're going to attract that back to you that's not to say nothing bad's ever going to happen or you're not going to have down days you absolutely still do we're human um but again if you're kind of in that victim mode like i said or you're speaking negatively or pessimistic about things then you're going to attract exactly what you're putting out so always see the universe is standing in front of you with a mirror and say right am i reflecting back what i want to receive
0: Mm, that mirror analogy is great it's Yeah, I've never never thought of it in that way, which is I think when you do actually start to think, okay, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because you said what you what you do in a mirror is what you're seeing back. So it works, I suppose, energetically within this kind of connections around us. So how, how do you kind of start to tune into that connectiveness we have to like the world and the universe around us?
1: course and for anybody who has had no connection they might be quite skeptic or they might be like i don't really want to talk to the universe so i think it's important to create that personal conversation whether you call it your higher self the universe source god whatever resonates with you is what you should go with definitely um so the kind of ways i would introduce that conversation open up that dialogue as such is intention intention is everything with the law of attraction so the five steps to law of attraction there's three traditional traditionally in the secret and any of the other kind of traditional texts that you'll see on law of attraction but i believe there's five when i went along my spiritual journey i realized that three just didn't cut it it wasn't working (laughs) the first one is to ask which is to set your intention so open up that conversation with the universe. So this is where you get to decide what you want your life to look like. So just like me, where I was like, I didn't like where I was, I didn't like the situations I was in, that was my opportunity to take my power back and say, right, here's how I want my life to look. So getting clear and asking, and you can ask through vision boards, through writing goals lists, writing it down, speaking it verbally, meditating with it. There's so many great ways you can ask for your intentions. So that's the first kind of entry step to creating that conversation is to ask and put your intentions out there. The second step is to believe, which yes means believing that the universe, that you can co-create with the universe and that the universe is gonna bring these opportunities to you, but also believe in yourself that you can co-create with the universe, that you are also working 50-50 with the universe to bring this into fruition. And also I would say in that step, you really wanna look at what stands in between you and your goal, your manifestation. So, if it's love for example and you've had a past like me you know you would want to look at is there any blocks is there any resistance is there any are you holding on to the past because we need to create that space for those new abundant things but if we're holding on to the past your space is filled Mm. so looking at what stands in between you and your manifest manifestation is important in that stage and then trust is where you take your inspired actions this is a new step that i've added in so trusting is like trusting in the process trusting in divine timing that at the right time this manifestation this desire is going to come to you so you've got to take your action as well you've got to go 50 percent. the universe is also going to meet you at 50 as well that mirror remember Mm. it's always equal so if you want to manifest a job or you know a career change you've got to apply for those jobs you've got to take that action so Get your CV up to date, get that outfit for that interview, whatever it is, take your inspired action to meet the universe 50% at that stage. And then the fourth stage is to let go and surrender, which is another new stage that I did and so important. I think you'll agree, Alex, like yeah. it is so important to do this step because we can get really attached to our desires and how we want our life to look. And it's about co-creation with the universe. So it's not holding the universe to ransom and saying, this must happen. It's again, letting go and surrendering. So looking at your attachment to that desire and becoming okay with both outcomes. So loosening your grip and being okay with both outcomes, your manifestation happening and it not happening, but also knowing that if it doesn't happen, this or something better for the highest good of all. So the universe is always going to bring you something better if it does not bring the exact thing you've asked for. It may just happen in a slightly more upgraded way or slightly different to how you envisioned it. So that's really key in that letting go and surrendering stage. And then number five is receive, where we can celebrate because your manifestation's here. So this is when your manifestation arrives and it's important to give that gratitude and appreciation for receiving.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and I, I like the two additional steps. I definitely agree with both. I'm, um, I'm very similar in like I, I I understand the belief and and you know like a, I guess this is like some it's like a system in a way because there's three steps laid out. But I always add my own bits to it because I like there's always much more to it. And um, I'm interested though, is it is is this does the law of attraction only work for like physical things? So like for example, you mentioned like a job as an example. Or if like I want to live in a five bedroom house, or I want to drive a Ferrari or can it work as well deeper, like do the inner work as well in terms of like our emotional needs and, and our spiritual needs and those sorts of things as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think when you look at sort of stereotypical law of attraction work, it is very focused on the materialistic side of things, but, Absolutely. yes, you can manifest emotions, you can manifest how you want to feel within yourself, you can manifest, what well, I say manifest your healing, you've still got to do that work, but you can set the intention and obviously call upon spiritual support, whether that's the universe, your higher self, your angels, your spirit guides, whatever you connect to and believe in, you can also, yes, manifest in that sense, that spiritual support and obviously signs if you wanted to, you know, know that you're on the right path or anything like that, you can set those intentions say if you wanted to see like a blue feather or something yeah. random like that then that's the law of attraction in action as well that if you wanted to say right if i'm meant to leave this job and do something else in the universe i want to see a blue feather then yeah you can work on those side of things as well
0: amazing and, and what, what was your kind of uh first um like memory of law of attraction that worked for you
1: mm. And I, I always think back to this three week period of when I found the law of attraction, that was back in 2016 when I had this awakening. And I remember it first being actually my depression and anxiety. So I was doing a book called The Magic at the time, which was like a 28 day. It's the second book to The Secret. Really, really good book if you want to read it. And I was going along these practices and I had no intention to you know, heal my anxiety and depression. I didn't know you could. I didn't know that was a thing you could do with the law Mm -hmm. of attraction. I was just focusing on situational things, money that I now needed to pay on the flat through my business, etc. I was focusing on the materialistic side of things. So while I was going along that process, I noticed after about three weeks that I was waking up and not having that anxiety belly where I would feel tension or feel on edge. I, I just wasn't waking up like that anymore. And then I realized over a few week period that I wasn't having depressive episodes anymore and that I actually felt quite happy for the first time in, gosh, four or five years easily. So for me, I think that was my first manifestation which meant the most to me and I really profoundly remember because I thought wow just from doing this inner work and focusing on myself and focusing on self-love and all these great things this book was helping me to do I've actually ended up manifesting feeling free and happy for the first time in years
0: Mm, amazing I I love that like that 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 inner work you know that you do and it's like you, you have a moment where you realize like it kind of all just kind of falls away in in a sense because you kind of submit to it Mm. and I feel like even in my own journey like I the the moment I kind of submitted to you know having depression and anxiety was the moment I also kind of got beyond it if that makes sense because you, you we fight against it we fight against the idea of it we fight against you know I don't want to be depressed like there's so many negative things associated to it if you just see it as actually that is a part of me and that's totally fine, then it's a lot easier to stop attaching yourself to the negative emotions around it and start attaching yourself to the more positive things around, okay, how can I do the work to heal? How can I free myself? How can I um, move forward with my life? How can I experience the growth? And you start to look at the kind of more inward ways that serve you outwardly. And I think like you said, you know, before you were kind of focusing on the materialistic things like, you know, the flat, the money, the business and all this side of stuff. So what what changed in your life when you shifted that focus from being on the external materialistic things to the internal world? Mm.
1: That actually happened a bit later, that journey. So that journey is what inspired my next book, Positively Wealthy. Nice. (laughs) That happened in 2018, end of 2018, yeah, um, when I actually sold that couponing business. So I knew that I wanted to obviously have my spiritual business and put both feet on my spiritual path and, you know, help people in a different way. So I'd been searching for this buyer and it ended up being my web guy, one of my good friends who ended up buying it. So it was nice to pass it on to someone I knew and trusted who would do goodness with it. um, and at that moment when that money hit my account, I, it, I realized that that was the last manifestation of my vision board, that everything I'd started on 20 in 2016, I'd achieved, I got the book deal, I'd, you know, and a lot of money, I'd got all these materialistic things, even the house I'm in now, I'd got all of these things that I'd put on this vision board, the relationship, everything. Yet, when that money hit my account, I thought, right, now because that's the last thing, you know, you can relax, you can live your life, you're not going to have to push and like, you know, manifest all these things, you've made it. Mm -hmm. And I thought that somehow that money would somehow fulfill me, if I'm being honest, that was the word, fulfill me. And when that money hit my account, I realized that I felt no different. And that within 10 minutes, once I'd like transferred it over to savings and investments, my bank balance was exactly the same as it was 10 minutes prior. And I remember calling up my friends and I was like, there's something seriously wrong here because I've hit all of these manifestations, but I don't feel great inside myself right now. Mm. And what I came to realize was I was because my work was going so well and it was flowing and it was positive you know positive and all of this and exciting that I was putting more and more energy into my work thinking that my personal life, friendships, relationships, everything was just going to magically improve. So I was watering all these crops in my business and putting all my energy into there, like, you know, watering my plants, et cetera. And it was all flourishing. So I just thought, right, focus on the positives, you know, go where where I feel positive, which was work. Meaning that when I'd manifest all that materialistic wealth, I then didn't feel very wealthy at all in my life and realized that my version of wealth, was completely different and that I had completely disregarded my personal life. And the reason why I didn't feel great was because I wasn't watering those plants too. I wasn't Mm. equally watering the garden as such. I was just focusing on what I wanted to. So that for me was my real big shift of, oh, no, 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 there is inner work to do here. And it's redefining what my version of wealth was. And that actually I thought that my version of wealth was book deals, success, money, business, all of that. And yeah, all of those things I absolutely love doing. I love them, but it wasn't my true version of wealth. It was what society made me feel like my true version of wealth should be. Therefore, I was following those goals and following that, not realizing that was that my true version of wealth and was that my true my true goals or was I doing it because other people were doing it? So that for me was like a, a second awakening as such.
0: Mm, nice, and how would you describe your um, your what your true wealth is now?
1: Yeah. So this, this was a journey for me of understanding of what wealth actually means and that, you know, stereotypically we associate it. Even if you look in the dictionary, it's like, you know, money, success, validation, all of these things. That's what society would say. Wealth is nice cars, nice houses, designer handbags, etc. Whereas what I realized was that yes, money is great. I love money it, it makes the world go round. but actually what wealth truly means to me is my quality time and my time away from work so my relationships having a family settling down all of these things are what wealth truly means to me and I think I had to almost achieve all of that all of the materialistic side of things to realize that I was Not necessarily using the law of attraction in a bad way. I wasn't. It's perfectly okay to want those things. And as long as it is your true version of wealth, you absolutely should go for them. But I think I was kind of blinded as such, thinking that by focusing on the positives and focusing on what was going well, that. Everything else will just magically fix itself without actually doing that inner work and actually taking the time to you know it 's normally where you feel the most resistance is exactly where you need to do the inner work, and that was that journey for me of saying right if that 's what i want i 've got to go in and do that inner work i 've got to put my energy and my focus onto that now to make that thrive and flourish too
0: yeah, and i think it 's like the space isn 't it that you come from if're if you 're if you're, if you're approaching the manifestations and the law of attraction and trying to attract these things like, like materialistic wealth, like material things, external factors to bring you happiness. You're going to find yourself in that spot of bother that you find yourself in when you realize that when you do get them, yes, it's great. Yes. You can celebrate them, but there's still something missing. There's a, there's a certain amount of fulfillment that's missing. Whereas if you flip it and the space that you come from is a space of abundance, a place of gratitude, a place of love, a place of clarity, a place of happiness, of inner peace, then all of those things, when they come to you, they mean a lot more because you're not relying on them to bring you the happiness, but you're experiencing the happiness in going out and getting them for yourself. And I think that's a lot of my journey has been, And I, you know, don't get me wrong, I ebb and flow between the two I could totally, some days I'm like really focused on the materialistic things and other days I'm really f- more focused on, you know, the, the internal things, which, which are more important in, in my world. And I think it's powerful when you kind of make that connection between the two and what doing that inner work and touching and being in, in, in contact and in connection with yourself and those feelings and that abundance and that, you know, all of those things that I said earlier, you really experience life in a different way mm-hmm. and you can find yourself in any situation and you can still have those feelings because they're within you. It's not, you're not, you know, letting the external world dictate your feelings. And Absolutely. I think the the biggest thing for me was like, um, we, we were discussing earlier, like before lo- lockdown hit, like I was supposed to spend a lot of this year traveling and that's, that's been like a big dream of mine since I was like 18. Like, so a good, you know, 14, 15 years of my life. And I finally had the opportunity this year to do it. And then, you know, this pandemic has happened and I'm stuck, well, I say stuck in inverted commas in in the nicest way possible, obviously, in my old bedroom in my parents' house because I haven't got my flat because I wanted to go traveling. And, you know, all of these things that I wanted that I created for myself and manifested in many ways were taken away through not having the opportunity to travel. And I could easily have beaten myself up about it. I could have spent days, weeks, being sad, slipping back into to depressive state. But I was actually like, do you know what? I'm really happy either way that like I can, I can ride this out and I can focus on other things Like I'm not relying on the traveling and that experience that I wanted through throughout this year to bring me happiness because I already have the happiness in me. So I'm actually able to then adapt and shift my energy onto something else, you know? And I think that's super important to like understand that and make that connection.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. And I think what I found as well is that when I was manifesting from that, that different space, like you say, where I was manifesting from a healed space where it wasn't like I needed that thing. And I think where I went wrong was like a need more attitude of it. everything became a checklist. Got this right. Next thing, next thing, next thing. I was never actually processing and slowing down and saying, stop. You don't need to, you know, you're doing great. You don't need to keep going and keep manifesting and keep pushing and keep achieving. It's it's that very masculine energy that we all have within us. Whereas when I leaned into that feminine energy a bit more manifested from a flowing space of, I don't need this thing to fulfill me, but yeah, it would be great. But actually, like you say, you're not putting your happiness or fulfillment on anything external you manifest a heck of a lot more and it comes from a sustainable space as such and actually the last line in the book actually is you know wealth will never define you so you might as well be positively wealthy queen mm-hmm. and it's about understanding that it is never going to define us what we think will define us never does you know on your gravestone you're not going to want to put she had a nice car she had a nice house you know what what do you want on your gravestone I know that sounds a bit morbid but that is one of the exercises in the book of like how do you want to leave your mark on this world and that's how you start to define what your real version of wealth is
0: yeah and i think there's something that there's two things that you said there but i want to i want to touch on this because i've got it written in front of me because i was reading through a few of your blogs and something that really jumped out of me I, I should have written which post it was from but you might know when i read it that really jumped out on me was was a bit that said when we allow ourselves to be fully present in the moment with no expectations we allow ourselves to be a true manifestation magnet And I love that because that's exactly it, right? It's dropping expectations of all of these things to bring you happiness, to bring you certain feelings, dropping those expectations, surrendering to what is, which is life. And then you manifest everything that you want through that space.
1: Definitely. And I think it's something we all need to remind ourselves of, you know, more often of, the expectations that we put on ourselves and on others is creating that resistance and that almost block between us and the universe. You know, it's almost like how I, the analogy I give with this is almost like an abundant stream. So literally mm-hmm. imagine a stream of water. You know, if you're getting in that stream and being that boulder of this will happen this way under my terms, blah, blah, blah you're that boulder stopping that water from flowing down the river. Whereas if you are flowing with the water, you are flowing with the stream of abundance and it's going to carry you down this stream um, and, and get you to your destination as such. So it's really about using that kind of water analogy to flow with life, not force.
0: Yeah. And that kind of answers my next question, but I don't know. I'm going to ask it anyway, because you might have a different uh, response to it. What, what you mentioned before, the need more attitude. How do, you, how do you get beyond that? How do you get over that, that idea of needing more?
1: Exactly. And it is so, I, I, it was a journey for me to then almost like rewire my thinking of what was it that made me want all of those things? So like i said it's not wrong to want those things in life definitely not you know writing a book and doing all of what i do were always big aspirations and goals of mine definitely but it's like once i achieved those big goals in my life and i'm only 26 you know i've done incredibly well to achieve that mm. it was like i just thought everything had to happen now everything had to happen before kids otherwise it wasn't going to happen and it was like i just had this mindset of that time was running out and that i had to do these things and then because i wasn't doing that in work and establishing why I was seeking happiness and fulfillment outside of myself that it became that checklist as such. So I think for anybody who resonates with that, I would challenge to, you know, do you f- think about, do you have enough time? Do you feel like time is running out for you? Are you listening to society like many women get of, you know, once you hit 30, once you have kids, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. You're too old to start a business. You're too young to do something. You know, all these stories that we're kind of told and we tell ourselves, it's about looking at those and saying, right, Am I doing this because I'm believing that story, that limiting belief? Um, And also, if I am having a need more attitude, what is that? What are those things trying to fill? What is that void? That void you're trying to fill, what is it? And for me, it was like, again, chasing the wrong version of wealth and also avoiding the work that really needed to be done, which was that trauma work, like I said, that forgiveness, all of this stuff. It was more of those layers coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, and I know that a lot of these things are are, are in your book, Positively Wealthy. So can you let me know a bit about like, what, what will a reader be able to take from the book?
1: Of course. So the, the keys in the name, the clues in the name, should I say in terms of it is about wealth? Yes. But it is also about money mindset. So my background is banking and also money saving, like I said, with my couponing business. And I very much, you know, shunned this work afterwards. I was like, you know, I will always coupon. I will always get a discount. That is who I am. I was known as coupon queen. That will be with me throughout life. But I really thought that since I kind of hung that crown up and then became spiritual queen, that, you know, spirituality was my work now until at Spiritual Queen, the book that was my first book's name. At the launch, the psychic we hired as entertainment said, you know, you know your next book's gonna be on money don't you and I was like no it's not what are you on about I don't do that anymore so I just thought she's obviously googled me like I'm not gonna not gonna you know take that seriously and then as the months went on like more people were having conversations with me like emma you're really good with money like you're really grounded and practical but spiritual like you need to be like sharing this with people so the book kind of formed itself as you can see um and at first i thought it was very much going to be wealth focused and focusing on what your version of wealth is and taking you along that journey i've gone along to redefine mine and stop that need more attitude and to do that deep deep inner work as well to create the positively wealthy life so yes it focuses on your version of wealth yes it focuses on money as well and having a healthy and grounded and spiritual relationship with it because in the spiritual sphere, there isn't necessarily an all round positive relationship with money because we can sometimes see it as greedy. We can see it as evil. Um, Especially if you're like a spiritual business owner, some people really struggle charging for their services and energy work and things and vice versa. People might overcharge. So there is a whole conversation around spirituality and money, definitely and understanding the vibration of money and how we can create, change it to be positive in the world. But also I take you along that inner work as well. So there's 33 daily practices in there of like just short and sweet things to do each day to help you manifest this positively wealthy life. And I always say at the beginning, like set an intention of something you want to manifest. Um, So it's been out a couple of weeks and we've had some awesome feedback from readers already of things they've manifested, which is awesome. And like, you know, even in myself, like I did this book, I, you know, everything is in, in that book has come from my soul and what helped me along that that journey of manifesting that true wealth in my life and changing, you know, my life around from only having that one side of my garden watered to it all flourishing and being sustainable as well. So it covers a lot of areas um, and it works on things like relationships. It works on the inner child work. It works on, you know, a lot of the deeper things, forgiveness, working with your angels, chakras, crystals, lots of cool, fun activities to just build that positively wealthy life up and give you some fun new tools to try as well.
0: Yeah. Love it. And I just, I just love the whole idea of it because it's like something that I've really struggled with throughout my life. And particularly when it comes to like career and particularly when it comes to like coaching and the podcast is like, you know, we do these things because we, uh, uh, we've had a troubled past and we want to share our experiences in order to help people. And I've always had this block around, you know, monetizing that in a way or or how to monetize it. And I've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes on that with coaching and, and other things that I'm, I'm having myself. And it's really helped me open up my eyes in terms of like, it's, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself first, whether that's emotionally, whether that's spiritually, mentally, physically, or financially, you have to take care of yourself first. Because once you do that, and all of that feeds into that inner work that we've been speaking about, once you do that, you come from a place which is totally different to where you were at before and you operate differently and you serve differently and you show up differently and you become this, this, this energetic magnet, you know? And I think that's, that's the the part of my journey that I've always, you know, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically, I've kind of had the balance good over the past few years, but in the financial one, not that I wasn't earning good money and had good jobs, but the comfort I felt within that space wasn't right. And I've done so much work around that. And it's amazing to see that, you know, there's books out there like yours, which kind of help people along that journey, because I'm sure I'm not alone in this, you know, I've had many conversations with people, you know, either coaching clients or on the podcast in similar spaces. And everyone seems to have the same sort of blocks, you know, in different ways, but sort of similar. So it's great to see that, you know, you're using your background in, in banking and couponing and also now the spiritual stuff to kind of bring the two together and be like, look, you know, it's, it's good to be wealthy internally, but you know, also you still have to take care of yourself from a financial point of view too. So yeah, I think it's a, it's an amazing idea and I need to get my, but I'm going to get an audio book version because I'm trying to get into audio books. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. I hope, I hope you enjoy it. And I, yeah, like you say, in terms of the relationship with money, you know, I always say like you have to, just like with any relationship in our life, you have to nurture, you have to get to know money. So a good little analogy I've um, spoken about recently with clients in my membership is actually of like, where are you at with money? Are you dating money? Have you just met money? Are you um, going steady with money? Are you moved in with money? Are you You engaged, married? Like look at your relationship with money and like, you know, fall in love with money and take the time to understand money and, you know, not just make those assumptions based on what other people have said. Like it's your relationship with money.
0: Exactly. And it's how you come at it. Like if you're coming at it from a need more attitude and you, you want the money to bring you the happiness, maybe you need to reevaluate that relationship. Right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So I've got a couple more questions for you before, before I let you get off with the rest of your day. So if we could jump in a time machine and we could go and speak to a younger version of yourself. So maybe like teenage Emma, Um, what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing from that moment?
1: Oh, good one. Um, I would say never give your power away. Because a lot of what I learned and a lot of what my soul contract lessons have been is taking back my power and realizing my power. Because I was, you know, along that journey, I gave away my power so much to to men, to a whole array of things in my life. And that was all, all the great work I've had to do over the last few years. So I would definitely say, like, remember, your power is your power and no one can truly take that away from you. You have control over that. And I think I would say as well, um, it's actually one of my tattoos that I have on me, which I got when I was 18. So she'll be a little bit younger. Um, And it says nothing before it's time. And I think that for me has been, I'm so glad I have it tattooed on me. It reminds me constantly of the nothing before it's time, that there is divine timing for everything, but everything will happen and enjoy the process. Enjoy where you're at because life goes quickly and what you want will always happen, but just enjoy where you are today.
0: Love that. I love that. That is, an, that is a great quote. Um, that's a great tattoo. I'm not going to lie. That is a great tattoo because it's just a great reminder, isn't it? It's a great reminder to take everything as it comes, to be fully present one step at a time, like all of these things that we've kind of alluded to and touched on. I think so. It's, it's a very, very good reminder of that. So yeah, smashed it with that. <laughs> and, and then finally, what what does happiness mean to you?
1: Oh, happiness means to me... Joy. Happiness means feeling joy and I can't use the word happiness, can I? Feeling joy and love in all areas of my life. So, doing things that I enjoy doing, doing things that spark joy. I think joy is my word here. I'm saying joy a lot. So, joy is what I define as happiness and making sure that everything I do, I do with joy and happiness.
0: Love that. That's beautiful. Well, look, I appreciate the time. Um, Before we do sign out, do you want to let people know where they can find you online, where they can get the book and anything else that you kind of want to shout about?
1: Oh, thank you. Yes. If you want to come over and say hi, you can find me on Instagram and all social media platforms under I am Emma Mumford, which is Mumford and Sons, same spell. (laughs) And my website is emmamumford.co.uk. And yeah, my new book, Positively Wealthy, is a 33-day guide to manifesting sustainable wealth and abundance in all areas of your life. And that's available now in audiobook, ebook, and paperback from September, um, because it got delayed because of COVID, sadly. Um, And you can get that anywhere that sells books. So Amazon, Waterstones, anywhere you can get your hands on a book, you'll be able to get it.
0: Smashed it. Well, thank you so much for the time and uh, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure as always.
0: So there we have it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Emma Mumford. And I really love this episode because I think what Emma's work is amazing. And I think that she's doing great things with the way that she's teaching and reteaching, you know, law of attraction and how to use that, not just spiritually, but also for people who want to use it for more goals like financial or business or career focus and tying the two together I think there's a very fine balance between the two and it's great to see someone like Emma is out there and really sort of promoting that balance between the two worlds so if you like what you heard on this episode please go and leave a review and even better still hit the subscribe button so that you get the latest episode straight to your phone and if you know someone who you think would benefit from hearing this episode then be sure to send them a link or a screenshot it's important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this I started this podcast to help inspire positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love so as ever you can connect with me on Instagram at I am Alex Manzi to say hello to let me know what you thought about this episode even let me know what you learned from this episode but until then thank you for listening and I will see you for the next episode